Okay, here we go. Hello, it's Chad again with another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast. This week, we are at episode 170, and I'm interviewing an old pal, Eric Piggers of Toxic Tunes. You may know his stuff. It's amazing. I find his work incredibly inspiring, and uh, I've been a fan of his since before I started doing fine art stuff right in the beginning I think is when I discovered him but he's great he's a funny dude interesting guy and uh, towards the end he's showing off his collection (laughs) I I kept telling him nobody can see this but he kept showing me stuff so what I did is I took screen grabs of everything he was showing me just about everything and I'm going to upload those to the Patreon page so you can uh, know what he's talking about when he's showing his collection. He's got an amazing collection of uh, monster Halloween kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, great interview, though. Very fun. And um, that's it. So what's going on with me? I actually started on the book. I'm back on the book, finally. I've been working every day on the book. And I've almost got all the captions done. I've got to format them in a weird kind of uh, format for the graphic designer, the amazing Mackie Osborne. And once that's done, I'm going to be able to send her everything. And uh, then I could finish up the paintings for the for the book, give her some, some stand-ins to work with. So it's close. And, uh, yeah, and then I'll, uh, yeah, and then the paintings I have to finish are pretty close to being done anyway, so book is close to being done, thank God. That commission work, I'm back to commissions I owe, some from years ago, so I'm really um, trying to get my life together this year, so that next year is just open, and I can get a more reasonable schedule happening so I don't kill myself what else let's see oh the bird that my granddaughter Chloe was raising the baby bird that uh, I was feeding a couple episodes ago that grew up and flew away and it comes back and visits her and lets her lets um, her goes on her finger it's amazing so that's cool Um, yeah not much I started started Gave myself a, a day off and worked on some music, which was really fun. I'm trying to come up with a bunch of music for my time lapses so they're not just silent. For my Patreon, which is patreon.com slash chetzar. Uploading new content all the time. And uh, what else? Um, yeah, I started painting a little bit. I'm, I've got a bunch of, you know five by seven commissions I got to finish from almost a year ago I think it's been a year now jeez but there's only like 12 of those left and then I got these those big commissions I was mentioning so anyway still in the th- in the thick of it but uh I'm getting through it I'm getting there otherwise things are really good other than the mass chaos and apocalyptic um 
time we're living in right now. It's insane. But I'm just trying to stay off social media for the most part. Okay, new subscribers. You know, if you want to subscribe, you can join um, our Patreon page. That's what's keeping this podcast going. Because if no money was coming in, I definitely wouldn't be doing it. Because I got too much other stuff to do. Uh, and you can join for as little as a dollar a month at uh, patreon.com slash darkartsociety. So we've got three new members this week. William Smith. Dusty Peterson. He's a great painter. And Adam McCarthy, who's been on the show before. He's a great painter, too. So thank you guys for joining up and making this happen every week. Every week. I can't believe I keep doing this every week. It's kind of crazy. I've been thinking about maybe taking some time off of this because it's really hard to do every week, but I just keep doing it. I don't know. Anyway, I guess that's it. Nothing new to report. Uh, I'm trying to think if I'm skipping anything. Not really. I've just been working the usual stuff. And uh, yeah, keep doing this podcast. Hope you like it. Let's listen to the Eric Piggers interview. All right. Thanks for listening. Here we go. What's up, Eric? Nothing. How are you doing? Eh? <laughs> I'm doing good. That's <laughs> we finally made it. It was quite a quite a feat. Yes. That's why that's why I don't work at Disney anymore, because I'm computer illiterate. <laughs> you do a lot of stuff on computer, though, don't you? Don't you do a lot of Photoshop and stuff? Yeah, I do Photoshop, but I still, like, color stuff in with a, with a mouse. Oh, really? You don't have a tablet? <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> like, know. when I was working at Warner Brothers for a while, and we had to learn how to draw on the computer... I was doing it there, but I was just kind of like, eh, I'm so used to doing things the way I do it now. I just continue doing it that way. Right. That's why it took me 10 10 hours to log in to Skype. (laughs) Did you, was that uh, Warner Brothers Animation? Yeah. I I worked there. Is that the the place that was like in the mall or or in? Uh, Well, I worked over there once on a, after Disney, I worked there on Back in Action, but we were in the bank building. Okay. And then when I worked on Disney or Warner Brothers TV for a little while, I was over, not on the main lot, but there's like a little lot where they have like um, these houses. Um, like, I don't know. Did you ever used to watch the Waltons? Yeah, of course. I'm your, we're the same age. Well, I <laughs> always walk over there because it was hidden in the bushes and i would just sit on the porch and kind of reflect on the day kind of like john boy yeah <laughs> <laughs> and, and write little thoughts on instagram while i read mad magazine <laughs> it's pretty interesting too seeing seeing what it kind of looked like inside because it was just junk really yeah but they had all the other houses like the bewitched house and um oh. what else Oh, the 
National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. They were all kind of like in this little area. And then the the stupid fountain from Friends, which I hate. (laughs) (laughs) But it was funny when I invited this girl over there to meet me. I was like telling her all these cool shows. And she's like, and I'm like, oh, and that's the fountain from Friends. What? No way. Oh, I got to get a picture in front of the Friends fountain. (laughs) The Friends fountain. Oh, my God. So okay, uh, if P- I'm sure everybody who's list who's listening to this knows your work, it's it's legendary. I'm I'm such a huge fan. Um, I'm a huge huge fan of your work. I mean, you know the stuff you do is like it's cartoony, it's cartoons, but yeah. I find I find like more inspiration in what you do that that I apply to my own artwork than like 90% of like fancy artists that I am into. <laughs> it's like, for some reason, the stuff you do just completely, it's why I'm always buying shirts from you. It's like, I bought those two shirts from you recently. And my wife's like, what the, what are you buying more shirts? You don't have any room left in your, in your, uh, in the dresser for shirts. It's like overflowing, but it's like, I, I see your stuff and it's just like, I just love it. I, I love it. I love it so much. I mean, it just, for some reason, I, I it's like the, the, um, I don't know. It's like the shapes and it's, and it's the, the, I think the shared influences we have and all this cool stuff from the seventies and sixties, this monster stuff, you know, like what I hear from a lot of people who buy my stuff and speaking of t-shirts and having too many, (laughs) I have one fan who, who said, I think he has enough shirts now to wear them for like six months straight. (laughs) And I never have to wash them. He buys them like, he buys everything I'd put out every month, like That's every amazing. three years or four years, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But from what I've heard from a lot of people, they tend to say my artwork reminds them of their youth or stuff they liked in their youth, mm-hmm. which is kind of what I think I am as an artist. I almost feel like I reached a certain age in the seventies and I never grew up. Right. Like I'm stuck kind of in that period because I don't know if that's got something to do with being a teenager and everything inspiring you and soaking in your head. And when you're an artist, I I mean, I've heard a lot of other artists say that too, like they are kind of their mm-hmm. what what they grew up on. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm painting monsters. I'm just I'm doing it in a way that you know is I'm trying to do that I'm suited for. I guess you know what I mean. Yeah. But, well, I think you know, like all of us who kind of find our style, like when I was working at Disney Studios, there was an artist there, Tom Enriquez, and this guy could draw way better than I could. And he, he came up to me one day and said, man, I'm so jealous that you found a style. Right. That's so important to find your own style. Definitely. Which is I mean, when I grew up, I was drawing... I was just copying Mad Magazine most of the time just to learn how to draw. Mm-hmm. Then I think eventually you just kind of find your way where stuff starts coming out of your head easily. And then you just kind of run with it and it just keeps kind of snowballing. And right. you just cover your style. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I saw your stuff before I even started the fine art thing. I saw, saw that when I was just barely going to start which is I think around 2000. So maybe when I saw like a sticker of yours at 
La Luz de Jesus Gallery. Yeah. Like on the door or something. I remember seeing that and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. It was like. At, when they were on Melrose still or. Mm, or I don't remember. I don't remember. It was like 2000-ish. Because oh. here's a funny story about Toxic Tunes, which okay. is, if, if you're just listening, that's my company's yes. name. So basically, I used to go down to Melrose all the time to buy comic books or records or whatever. And I'd always stop at Wacko's and Lay. I never could say it right. Lay Luce de Jesus. Yep. But they had the soap plant below them, and it was filled with uh, postcards. And I had just kind of started my style at the time, and I was like, oh, I'm going to make some postcards. I want to try to get them in that shop, but I wonder what I should call my company. So I was just trying to think up any kind of name to put on the back of the postcard. And I couldn't think up anything good. And um, the way I used to do stuff back then, I used to spray paint a lot of my backgrounds out on my apartment porch. Mm -hmm. I'd be like in this cloud of toxic smoke, (laughs) coughing and choking. (laughs) It just kind of came to me like, I'm like, man, this toxic stuff's going to kill me one of these days. So I thought, well, my stuff's cartoons. And toxic, yeah, kind of goes together. Plus, what I draw is kind of toxic-y looking. Oh, it's perfect. Like it just looks seedy, like kind of like rap thing was probably in the day. Like it's that kind of underground vibe, yeah, Nick and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, Weird, yeah. Weirdo magazine, yeah, heavy magazine. Yeah, yeah, heavy metal was a big one, and Mad, of course. I mean, oh, yeah. Mad started it all, I think. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I, I was a huge Mad Magazine fan as long as I can remember. I would so get... Who was your favorite artist of Mad? What's that? Who was your favorite artist? Uh, it would have to be between... It was Mort Drucker for the caricatures and Al Jaffe and um, Don... Uh, Don Martin. Don Martin. Yeah. Those are probably my top three, I think. Yeah, mine would be Don Martin, of course, and um, but I loved like Bill Elder from the EC Comics. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah probably Jack Davis, but I mean they were all good. And oh, that's yeah. kind of talking about finding your style. Do you remember? It was a Mad Magazine that had, I think it was in the front of it, and it had draw your own horse, and it had every artist in Mad drew a horse head. <laughs> no, I don't think so. In their own style. So it was like you're looking almost at that artist's signature. Because it was like just it's probably like that Binky the elephant thing, like yeah. where you could draw elephant and you could my friend actually did that and turned it in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got accepted. What they did was, Oh, you have potential. Here's how much it costs to go to our art school. Yeah, right. I'm sure everybody had potential too. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> wow. Just like the kid because i i actually live right down the street from cal arts oh really yeah i mean i grew up out here since i was like five hmm. but uh like back in the day i drew this really god-awful comic strip well it wasn't a comic strip it was called the six dollar can and it was kind of my mad version of the six million dollar man <laughs> and for the like the typeset i actually typed it on a typewriter i like put my drawing through the t- <laughs> <later>. <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> but 
but and I still have it somewhere, but my mom took it to CalArts and she's like, does my son have potential? And they were like, yes, when he gets older, you should have him come to CalArts. Yeah. <laughs> was... The funny thing is I never even went there because it was too expensive. Yeah, right. right where I grew up. So I was like, I ended up going to Brandis Art out in Northridge area, which was taught by Disney artists hmm. and cheaper. Yeah. I almost, I, I almost went to CalArts. Like I had a, uh, I forget, it was a Pell Grant. I had some grant or something. Yeah. And, and I and I was gonna go to CalArts and I like bailed at the last minute because I was like, I want to do makeup effects. I already know what I want to do. I've got a portfolio. You though animation or just art? I just art in general because I had a an older friend, a friend of my brother's, my older brother, and um he was doing makeup effects and props and stuff. And, and I went to visit him at CalArts when I was like 15 or something. And I just saw him making these latex Viking helmets and armor for the, for this play they were doing and makeup effects and monsters and all these weirdo artist people. And I was like, Oh my God, it was like the only time I'd ever even thought about what an art college would be like. And so yeah. I was just like, oh, I want to go here. You know, it's not like I looked around or anything. But like I said, I ended up bailing at the last minute just because I knew I could get in the business on my own. And, you know, it took me like a year and I got in effects. That's kind of what happened with me. Like I went to animation school for like a year and a half and just learned sort of the basics. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to go try to get any kind of job. And I, then I just got. I mean, I went around a ton of places, and they were all like, nope, 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 nope. And I finally went to one place, and it was a Disney artist that worked on Tron, and he was doing um, this show called The Legend of Orin in 3D, but it was like 3D glasses, so it was like Viewmaster. <laughs> it was like 3D now, and it was like it looked kind of like Star Wars meets He-Man. Uh-huh. <laughs> Most of it, I think, was being done in Korea, but I ended up, like, I went in there, and he's like, how, how, how are you at doing life drawing? And I'm like, oh, I'm good. And he's like, really? And I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I totally sucked. But, but he's like, all right, I'll give you a chance. So then I ended up working there with a bunch of other people that ended up over at Disney Studios. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, that was really good because that's kind of a, big way you get jobs is oh just for sure friends yeah like now i'm so out of the loop with animation that i wouldn't even know how to get a job anymore because it's all like where's your portfolio online and this and that and i'm like what <laughs> yeah. i just have a regular one where it's paper xeroxes of my drawing <laughs> and they're like well we don't even draw on paper anymore yeah well how old were you when you got that job your first job in animation uh well i graduated in high school in 81 and i remember going to the counselor and she's like where do you want to go to school and i'm like i don't know she's like what do you want to do i don't know (laughs) she's like uh okay so i graduated not knowing what i was going to do and you didn't have artistic (laughs) aspirations in high school uh well i was doing art but i was also kind of playing in a band that was really i was wasn't very good Mm. so i was kind of like hmm, what am i gonna do and then 
I remember going to see Heavy Metal at the Cinerama Dome with that's, my friend. That's where I saw it. I saw it there, too. <laughs> and I just remember thinking, hey, maybe animation's what I should get into. That This looks kind of cool. So I just started, I think I told my mom, and she found out, because there was a guy that went to her church that did Mickey Mouse's voice. Oh. That, oh, you should you should have your son go to this school called Brandis Art. Huh. It's out in the valley, and it's not too expensive. So I, I did that, and then I got the job. Where were we again? <laughs> uh, no, you and you got the, the job with some some some. You made oh, some friends with people that worked at Disney. Yeah, that was about God. When was that? Maybe eighty five, I think. Okay. But um, the guy who was in charge, he did the computer graphics for Tron. Wow. So he was doing the computer graphics for the spaceships that was in this 3D movie we were doing. And then later on, he was doing some TV show. I forgot what it was called. It was something with motorcycles and and cars. And I remember he gave me another job, but it was just shooting pencil tests. So there was like this junked out piece of paper with a motorcycle. So I just drew this rat finky looking guy on it. And his wife and him saw it and they were like, Hey, we should get Eric to do some designs for that rat fink feature you want to try to do. No way. <laughs> so I, I drawing whatever I was drawing, which kind of looked like family dog type stuff at the time, because I had worked on family dog too. And um I remember Bill Croyer, that that was the guy in charge, he said, Oh, Ed Big Daddy Ross gonna come down to the studio tomorrow and we're gonna talk to him about the feature idea. And I'm like, What? No way. So I remember <laughs> Walking in the building and thinking, thinking he's gonna look like this total weirdo. <laughs> so when he walked in, I'm like, "That's that's a big daddy, raw. He looks so normal." <laughs> but I remember shaking his hand, and it was like shaking a vice grip with sandpaper. <laughs> <laughs> and um, anyways, nothing ended up happening with that feature idea because he wanted to do it all 3D, and this was back when 3D. I think Pixar had just done um, that lamp. Oh, yeah, Luxo Jr. Yeah, it was, so it was like he wanted to do a whole feature like that, and Bill Croy was like, you can't do that. It's we're, it's not technically possible at this time. And he's like, well, yeah, you can. And so nothing ended up happening with that. But he ended up coming back in my life when I was working at Disney, which was weird. Really? But, yeah, because uh, – I think I started at Disney in 1988 on uh, Oliver and Company. Mm-hmm. I went on to The Little Mermaid because at the po- that time they were thinking of dissolving 2D animation altogether because it wasn't doing very good. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of all relied on how well Oliver did and that did like enough business for them to get kind of excited to continue it. Mm-hmm. And then they did The Little Mermaid, and that made a lot of money. And then they did Rescuers Down Under, which kind of sucked. But that's when Big Daddy Roth came to visit me again at lunch because I told him, hey, I'm working over at Disney Studios now, and I want to buy one of your pen and inks. And so he's like, okay. So he <laughs> sold me one of his pen and inks. He's like, I'm going to be down in Valencia probably in a week. I'll bring you some comic books, and we can go get lunch. Wow. So we went- so we went to lunch and Amazing. had burger, and uh, 
it was so weird because I'm like, oh, I get to pick Ed, Big Daddy Roth's brain. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he's telling us stories, and I'm like, so what? What inspired you? And I thought he was gonna say like Basil Wolverton or Mad Magazine or something like that. And he's uh-huh. like, the Korean War. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, what? But anyways, he wanted me to do a Rat Fink short do it hand-drawn now me and my friends and he's like i'll give you guys the paper and the pencils and you guys go in your garage and make it really we we all kind of looked at each other like huh (laughs) (laughs) well we got to make some money right so at the time i was just kind of like doing my own thing toxic tunes i think just started around then Mm -hmm. i had all these other ideas because i had already just done let's chop suey which was an animated short i did for this company up in canada Hmm. where i almost died what (laughs) on my my birthday what (laughs) you have to tell that story (laughs) (laughs) yeah so so I had to go up there and finish it because they're like, your animation is looking pretty terrible. How? Wait, wait, wait before you start, <laughs> how are you animating this stuff? Was it like, did you, how, did you have all the equipment? Were you doing it for a company or? No, I, I think it was my first year at Disney and, and Bill Croyer's wife, the same guy who gave me my start had these Lupo the butcher postcards on her desk. So I'm like, Hey, I just saw that cartoon. Where'd you get those postcards? She's like, Oh, from Danny. He's up in Danny Antonucci's up in Canada. If you send him some few bucks, he'll give you some postcards. Mm-hmm. So I sent him a postcard or a letter saying, You Canadians are so lucky that the government funds your animated cartoons. <laughs> and, and I think I sent some drawings. And then Marv Newland, I don't know if you know who Marv Newland is. Mm-mm. Do you know Bambi meets Godzilla? Oh, yeah, yeah. So he's he's the one that did Bambi Meets Godzilla. Wow, okay. And he owned the company International Rocket Ship, which Danny was working there and did Lupo the Butcher. Yeah. So Marv sent me a letter saying, Hey, we like your drawing. If you have any stories, send us a storyboards and maybe we'll do one of your cartoons. That's cool. So I had this clown nurse that I drew and I just thought of a story. I'll do a story kinda like Tex Avery and send up some boards and they liked it. So he's like, I'm going to be down there in a month. Let's have lunch and I'll talk to you about doing your animated cartoon. So I was like, what? Cool. (laughs) So I go and And meanwhile, I'm just starting at Disney. I'm just doing in-betweens. I don't even really know how to animate. I I know how to do cleanup drawings, which was kind of what my career there was doing the final drawings over the animators drawings. Okay. So we're having lunch. He's like, okay, well, I'll give you the paper and the pencils, kind of the same thing with Ed Big Daddy Rock. <laughs> and, and you go make it. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I thought they were going to make it. Right. Like, They're like, no, you got to do everything. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> so I started doing it kind of on my like spare time. And then I would shoot some stuff at disney during lunchtime and show my friends there and say do you think this works and they'd be like oh i would change this or do this okay and so i was sending up my animation stuff up to canada and they were they were shooting it and i guess a lot of it started looking pretty bad so they're like uh 
this is getting kind of expensive. You need to come live here for a while so we can help you. Wow. So this was during rescuers down under when rescuers was kind of like a mess. Mm-hmm. So they like six months off. So I went up to Canada for I think a month and a half to live. Hmm. So I basically lived there and in a strip joint. <laughs> so that was the cheapest hotel room. The Cecil, the Cecil Hotel where I almost died on my birthday. Yes. Get to so, Yeah, keep going. <laughs> Sounds like a good story. So, so basically my friends would eat there for lunch all the time because they did have good food and good entertainment. <laughs> So I'm sure a lot of the rock bands probably went there because it was over in Vancouver on the Strip. Uh-huh. So on my birthday, they're like, let's get Eric fucking drunk. So, And I don't really drink a lot. So after giving me a couple of beers, I'm starting to get pretty buzzed. And uh, I just re- the only thing I remember is it's lunchtime. And they're like, well, you we got to go back to work now. And I'm like, wait, I have to go to the bathroom. I go in the bathroom and I kind of remember being in the bathroom. And then I just remember coming out like, where'd my friends go? So I'm like, ah, whatever, I'll just go up to my room. <laughs> so I start walking up the stairs to go to my room. I open the door and the stripper's boobs are right in my face. <laughs> like they like startled me when I opened the door. I'm like, ah, <laughs> she's like, she's like, oh, I'm sorry. And then the next thing I remember, I don't even remember how I got in my bedroom. And uh, there was a stripper up. in your room. Well, no, she wasn't in there. She she kept walking by. I think I staggered up to my room. Oh, okay, and... okay. So I'm in my my room, and I wake up, and I'm like going like this with my my hand through my hair, and I'm like, what the hell? It's like stuck in there. <laughs> and then I look on the floor, and there's all this throw up all over the floor, and there's like barf matted in my hair. Oh my god! And I'm what the fuck? And then I turn on the TV because I had no clue what time it was. And Arsenio Hall's on. So I'm like, what? What? I've been asleep for like 11 hours. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, damn, I'm lucky I didn't like pass out on my back. Right. I probably would have choked on my barf. Holy shit. So. That's scary. Yeah, that's that's my almost dying story up in Vancouver. That's good. <laughs> But that cartoon I did, Lex Chop Suey, ended up playing like on some of the Spike and Mike Sick and Twisted shows, and then it was on MTV's Liquid Television. Wow. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. That's amazing. You've done a lot of you've. I mean, it's like for for kind of an underground artist, you've done a lot of stuff that people have seen. I think a lot of things. And they probably don't know they've seen it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, that was like 1990. I think it might have played on MTV in 91 or 92. That's crazy, man. Meanwhile, I just pretty much stayed at Disney the whole time until they finally got rid of us in 2002 when computer films took over. And they had a big meeting with the whole division. And they're like, we're going to get rid of... 2d we're gonna go to 3d now and everybody was just kind of like what disney <laughs> that must have been I, shocking your name on this and right like, and uh i remember asking the president of animation there like because it 
they did it in different groups. Like the cleanup group went in there. And I think our group was kind of a little rowdier and more vocal, especially like me and some of my friends. Cause I mean, I had just worked there almost 15 years of my life. Right. And, and we wanted to know what the hell was going on. We were like hearing rumors. They were going to get rid of us like a year before that from people that didn't even work there. Wow. So I asked him like, well, don't you guys have any Fantasia shorts or anything till you get another 2d feature? And he was, he just said, don't expect to ever come back here ever again and do what you guys did. Wow. Like all these girls in the room started like crying. Oh my God. What the f- Like, damn, that's cold. Yeah, that's horrible. It sucked because it's like, I mean, working at, like whenever you say you work at Disney, the first thing people say is this. Oh, I heard they're super cheap. Yeah. <laughs> Or they say, oh, I hear they're horrible to their employees. Yeah. But I made a lot of money there. I mean, that's kind of how I ended up doing Toxic Tunes because they were giving us such huge bonuses at one point when um, Katzenberg split to go start DreamWorks. And he was trying to steal all the artists from Disney. So right away they bumped up our salaries, 500 bucks a week. Oh, wow. Then they started throwing bonuses at us that were almost like your paycheck for a whole year. No way. You were just like, yeah, I remember the first time I got a bonus, I was like, I asked the girl on the other side of the wall, I'm like, does your bonus look like there's an extra zero by accident? She's like, (laughs) "Ah." I'm like, holy shit. (laughs) Wow. So we were making good money and, and it was hard. I mean, for a long time, like, from, I would say Little Mermaid till uh, after Pocahontas. It was all like one group that was kind of doing the films every year. So we were always like doing lots of overtime and busting our ass to get them done because they wanted a new movie every year. Yeah. How many people is that? Uh, I think I think the cleanup crew was about 100 to 120 artists. Wow. And then there was probably about... 40 or 50 then you had the people that painted it on the computers you had the the special effects guys was probably about maybe 30 to 50 artists i think when they ended up getting rid of us the california division it might have been almost close to 500 artists that's amazing yeah the weird thing was when when we got let go I went down and I was talking to my friend in special effects. I'm like, let's go on the computer and see how many vice presidents there are. There was like, I think like 20 vice presidents for a feature animation. I'm like, what the hell do all these people do? <laughs> Nothing. Exactly. <laughs> they were all just friends of the guy who told us you're not going to get hired back. Hey, what do you want to be vice president of? I don't know. Okay, <laughs> here you go. <laughs> Like, it just got really weird at the end where it was all these new people that were, like, they were constantly having meetings, and I think it was, like, meetings on how to get rid of us. Wow. That's a lot of people to let go at once. Well, then they went after the Florida division. Well, first they got rid of the Paris studio, which kind of helped on Tarzan in a few films, and then they got rid of us, and then then it looked like they were only going to use Florida to do, like, 2d films 
I think they got to do Brother Bear, and then they went over and told them, oh, we're getting rid of you guys, too. Wow. So, like, pretty much kind of just getting rid of the whole art form, which kind of pissed me off the most, because, I mean, when you look at my stuff, you don't think, hey, that guy's a Disney artist. <laughs> but I did love working there. Yeah. And it was it was fun working around a lot of people that are talented, because right. you're learning different stuff from different artists plus you're drawing all day so your skills are getting better mm -hmm. this is and my that, experience in effects as well you yeah know, same well it's thing. funny started in animation i remember seeing the twilight zone movie and killer clowns from outer space and thinking man i want to do that that looks that looks more fun yeah. <laughs> like i want to make weird looking monster stuff like that right and and so maybe what you like about my stuff is kind of what I was trying to put into my art back then because I liked that stuff. Right. So, but I mean, the funny thing is whenever I would draw my stuff, my mom would always say, why do you draw that stuff? <laughs> and I'm like, because I grew up on it. And she's like, no, you didn't. You didn't grow up on monster stuff. And I'm like, yes, I did. Like, no, you didn't. <laughs> So I think she always was kind of a little bit like, oh, what's my son drawing this weird stuff for? <laughs> Even though it's not that weird. Right. Actually, I did an art show once at Halloween Town. It was like a one-man one art show. And I'm like, I'm going to take my mom to this show because this is probably the best environment to take her to a show. Plus, it was my own artwork. Right. And I wanted her to see my fans because she was always a little bit hesitant about how I dressed back in the day. Like I remember Geraldo or one of those guys had a show on kids who wear black. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, it was all goth kids. And she's like, go turn on the show and you and your brother watch it. And so we're watching it. And I'm like, she came home and I'm like, well, what do you want us to watch that for? And she's like, well, you wear black all the time. And I'm like, so <laughs> but I, I think she just saw that and thought oh no what's my kid getting into yeah it sounds like she just didn't didn't really have a clue of the culture that culture you know no so that's why i wanted to invite her to that show at halloween town because i was like well now my mom could see these people and see that they're normal mm -hmm. and so like the first guy came over and he's like, Hey, check out my tattoo. I got of your pumpkin, witch girl on his leg. I'm like, look mom. And she kind of smiled. And then this girl comes over and she's like all shaking. And she's like, um, I just want to tell you that your artwork makes me smile and makes me happy. Wow. And so my mom heard her say that and I'm like, well, that was like perfect. Right. <laughs> when your mom looked kind of weird. <laughs> but she still was asking me after she finally stopped asking me that like why do you draw what you draw <laughs> don't you want to draw other stuff like because then when i was going to brandis art i actually used to draw um i wonder if i could find it i have this drawing of randy Rhodes i did where i did it in prisma pencils oh wow so it looked very realistic uh-huh because at the time I thought, oh, maybe I could do some stuff that looks like this or maybe album covers or something. And 
I think she's more impressed by that than what comes out of my head. Yeah. Where I'm more impressed when I see people draw stuff out of their head. Right. Which is kind of, I asked the guy who let me do the cartoon in Canada, because he wrote a, a little thing for my history of my art book I was going to put out. And I asked him, what made you want to give me a chance to do an animated short? And he's like, well, you had this whole world kind of concocted in your head. And there's a lot of artists out there that are great artists that can draw or paint better than people. But there's not a lot of artists out there that have their whole little world in their head. Yeah. And I want you to be able to show that. That's cool. So, I don't know. I think I, I don't know if I lucked on to all this because I do remember kind of when it started coming out of me. And it just kind of, at that point, I just kept going with it. And the funny thing is, back then, I didn't even draw what I'm known for now. Like, what I'm known for now, I think, is Frankenstein and that vampire girl. Mm -hmm. But back then, I, I didn't even draw those characters ever. Oh, really? Yeah. I just drew kind of weird stuff. Yeah. But it's it's it's... It's the poison bottles and the spiders yeah. and the and those two those twin guys that are like in a in a body bag or something. It's like oh, yeah. yeah, the toys, the body bag brothers. It's so cool. I mean, it's so freaky and cool. Um, there's there's a I, wide range there. Kind of like I mean, I love the monsters and I love the Adams family, and I I loved all the weird shit. The, the Adams family had in their house, right. but I love the Munsters characters better. Mm -hmm. But both, like whenever people ask, "Oh, which is your favorite?" I'm like, "Well, why does it matter? They're both great shows." Yeah, yeah, definitely. They, they, yeah, they're both they go, they both set the right tone. <laughs> but, yeah, and it's weird they both came out at the same time. Too. Yeah, totally weird. Um. Like, little monsters here i'll show you a little bit of this some of the stuff in here i'm gonna, I'm gonna screen i'm gonna screen grab this so when you when you find it so here's okay. some of my monster stuff okay don't don't move i'm gonna screen grab okay and then here's some little bit of adams i have like all the charles adams books excellent yeah i you know it's i got i remember i have i still have it one of the charles adams books from it must be, let me see. I was probably five years old when I got it. Five or six. Yeah. It's not that weird one where it shows all his influences, is it? No, no, it's just all cartoons of his. It's, it's... That's what book. Here, I'll show you this. I didn't even have this book ever, but a guy at Disney had it, and he showed me it. And I'm like, whoa, that book's weird. What the hell is that? And um, it's called Dear Dead Days. Oh, man. It's hard to find, but, I imagine. No, it's probably pretty easy. Now, but look, it's all just mostly photographs and, and weird stuff that he liked. Oh, cool! It's all kind of unusual stuff, like oh wow, like <laughs> how, how the Adams family came out of his head, or that's, just even weird stuff. Yeah, that's great. But I, okay, I gotta get that book. Oh, here's some stuff from this art show. I actually went up to um, uh, Oregon about three or four years ago to do a show, and the show totally sucked ass. Why? 
because <laughs> the people that put it on didn't even promote it. Oh, really? <laughs> it even really came. But this one girl was like, oh, my God, there's a Charles Adams exhibit at this old schoolhouse down the street. I'm like, what? So I borrowed my, my friend's car and drove to it. And um, they had probably about 100 pieces of his original art on display at this old schoolhouse. That's cool. So they had like one whole room of just Adam's family. And then the girl was telling me, oh, yeah, this is all his gardener stuff. He he gave all this his art to the gardener because he didn't have kids. Wow. What? Crazy. But yeah. So the Adams family, monsters. What about uh, Milton the Monster? Yeah, I love Milton. That... The weird thing, I didn't grow up on Milton the Monster. I didn't even know about it till Disney. Oh, wow. Then, this guy that worked there he used to do these things, Bad Animation Night, where he would show bad animation. He's like, tonight is Milton the Monster. And I'm like, what? <laughs> What's Milton the monster? But then when I saw it, I'm like, oh my god, this isn't bad. This is awesome. Yeah, this is amazing. No, I, I was I was lucky because my mom was, you know, she she wasn't into monsters and stuff, but she was totally accepting, you know, accepting of that stuff. So she used to she used to play that for me. I mean, she used to let me watch it when it came out. So I was like, my some of my earliest memories are watching Milton the monster. Wow. Yeah. You ever go to the drive-in? Because we had a drive-in right down the street from my mom's house. Oh, and yeah. they would Woody Woodpecker cartoons all the time in the beginning. Oh, yeah. I remember. I remember that. So I'd be, like, so excited. And if we were pulling up to the drive-in and it was already starting, I'd be, like, yelling at him, hurry up, hurry up. <laughs> the drive-in was so fun, man. Oh, I know. Well, there's actually... Uh, a drive-in out here i think at castaic lake but i don't know if it's one of those pop-up ones oh yeah but we are thinking of maybe checking it out and seeing i think somebody's gonna go this week and let us know if it sucks because it's like i think it's 30 bucks to for a car to get in right which isn't too bad i would but... pay that i would pay that just to to do it especially if it was like a cool movie oh, yeah. like zombie or dawn of the dead or night living dead or something i think this week they're showing toy story for an independence day eh, well <laughs> i'd still probably do it <laughs> yeah no i'm um have you ever been to the mission tiki drive-in no it's out past pasadena about maybe a half hour or more past there it's like mm. a fourplex uh, tiki theme drive-in. That, that's the, out where I. That's near where I live. What do you, know, do you know? The city. Um, let me look it up on the internet. <laughs> but because I'm right near, I'm like 20 minutes east of 15 minutes uh, east of Pasadena. Well, Norman, you know, when he was in the Ghastly Ones, they did uh, this car show there. It was like. Um, two years in a row it was the ghastly ones i forgot who they played with the first year but there was a, a screen i think they played a vincent price movie on that year i didn't see it that year but the second year when i did it mm -hmm. i'm like can you put my booth next to the ghastly ones because i know i'll make money if i'm next to those guys instead of being way over here where nobody's <laughs> over here knows my stuff i ended up making <clears throat> so much money in like an hour just being next to their booth because wow i well, that was the the book that he wrote the forward to him in my book too, so it was kinda like Right. And his fans, the Gasly Ones fans are kind of 
I would think pretty much into like toxic tunes because oh, it's for like, sure. like horror vibed, like and you know, a lot of hurt bull. Yeah, I'm so bummed they broke up. They were such a great band. They're amazing. I know. I'm always like, are you guys ever gonna get back together? I know. For, for the last few years, I've done like one of my shirts I've done for them. Like usually in August, I think last year I did one, like reprinted it. Mm-hmm. And every time I do it, though, everybody's like, "Are they gonna get back together?" And I'm like, "I don't think so." Yeah, I don't think so. So let's see the Mission Tiki Drive-In. It's probably Pomona or something, right? Probably. I had no idea. Yeah, let's see. Where's Where's it at? Oh. Compton. I'm gonna Com- it Compton. Mission. It's on Montclair, Cali- Montclair, California. Oh, Montclair. I know where that is. Yeah. That's not that far from me. Yeah, it's probably pretty close. Oh, that's great. That's great to know. Doesn't look like anything good this week, though. <laughs> <laughs> the I weird thing, I don't even, like, I don't even watch new movies anymore, and I don't even know what comes out anymore. I know. And looking at what's playing, I'm like, what are these? I never even heard of these movies. Like, not one of them. I think I'd rather go see Toy Story 4 and, and Independence Day than any other things they're showing. <laughs> but the last time I went there was when Mad Max came out. Oh, that's you... cool. So I saw Mad Max there on um, uh, shit. Memorial Day weekend, the weekend I had my heart attack nine years ago. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I took this Russian girl there because I'm like, have you ever been to a drive-in? And she's like, no. I'm like, well, I'm going to take you to one because I haven't been there in a long time and they're fun. And I remember she was like so hesitant, like, because I have a, a Toyota 4Runner, so I like put a sleeping bag in the back and all these pillows <laughs> and made it all comfortable. <laughs> we got pizza and I'm, I'm like, I'm going to back it up so we can open up the back of it and just watch the movie and just sit in the back. And she's like, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I just want to sit in the front. And I'm like, no, this is going to be awesome. Trust me. And so I'm like, just try it. And if, if you don't like it, I'll turn the car around. So I opened it up. We start watching and she's like, oh my God, this is awesome. <laughs> but it is. There's something amazing about being outside. Oh, it's yeah. Not- Watching a movie on the big screen, even oh, though it yeah. sounds crap, but yeah, it sounds shitty, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> the experience is so fun, yeah. especially if you grew up with it like we did, because you had like the crappy intermission commercials. Yeah, you had the idiot that always had to do the rabbit ears in front of the projection. <laughs> yeah, that honk at him. Yeah, that big ass metal box speaker that yeah. you had to put in your window. Oh God, it that sounded like cool. shit. <laughs> I know. Well, it's funny because over by my mom's house, she still lives over there. And I'm like, I wonder if I wandered around because there's a road over there now and some buildings. But I'm like, I wonder if there's any old speakers like laying around in the ground. Right. There's a there's a, an old drive in. Oh, that's that's probably the same drive in now that I'm thinking about it. The Tiki one. The Mission Tiki. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was closed down for years and it's I didn't think it was in Montclair. It's a fourplex. So. Huh. I wonder if it's the same place. Anyway, I drive by that all the time. I used to work kind of out there, and um, I was always like, this is just sitting here, this empty drive-in. What a waste. Well, it's funny because I remember 
about when I graduated high school, I think 80, they built a man's three or a man's four or something by my house. So then nobody went to the drive-in anymore. Right. And then it got to the point where the drive-in was like, car load, $2. Wow. So it wasn't like you even had to sneak in anymore. It was yeah. just like so cheap. That was the other thing I remember is uh, as uh, my br- my older brother and his t- teenage friends, like they would have people in the trunk. Yeah. You know, sneaking people in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, and then you'd have to. When we were kids, we always had to go in our pajamas. Yeah, <laughs> and then it was always so embarrassing when you had to go take a leak in the bathroom and yeah. you're standing there in your pajamas and there's like <laughs> old teenagers. <laughs> oh my god, I haven't thought about that that stuff in years. Then there was always like the smell of a, a stogie in the toilet, unless it was just somebody's bowel movement. Yeah. <laughs> But it was just like, there's like a certain smell I remember. And the weird thing is we never got to go in the snack bar because my parents would always make like homemade Jiffy Pop popcorn (laughs) (laughs) and fruit punch. (laughs) Oh man, the snack bar was the best. We used to. I know. I never got to go in it until I was like able to drive. And I went there one time when we, when it was about to close and I'm like, I'm going to go in the snack bar. I want to see what this place looked like. (laughs) I remember thinking, wow, that's it? That doesn't seem so great. <laughs> when you're a kid, it's great. Because <laughs> uh, you're just like wondering, man, look, they make pizza in there. Yeah, pizza, hot dogs, pretzels, all kinds of candy. I'm sure all that food's probably just as crappy as a 7-Eleven. Oh, yeah, the worst. The worst shit. So, but now, now I think with the whole virus thing going around, I think some drive-ins are actually making a comeback. Yeah, I know. I know. I mean, not out here because it's space is so valuable. Right. But I like back Midwest and stuff, I think where they probably still have some that have been abandoned. Yeah. But man, that'd be fun to go see like an old horror movie. Oh, totally, man. It'd be great to have a horror movie drive-in all horror movies. That'd be so cool. With some cartoons. Yep. Well, when they well the last ghastly one show I went to there it was unknown Henson. I don't know if you know who he is. Mm-mm. He's this kind of cowboy Dracula looking dude. <laughs> he and he looks like he's about sixty. And then it was ghastly ones and Agent Orange. Wow. And then they had a double feature. It started off with the Three Stooges short. And then it was Death Race, the original one. Wow. And I think they might have shown Zombie after that. I don't remember because I think we split after that because it was like so late by then. And we had to drive all the way out to where I live, which is like two hours away. Right. So I was like, eh, I guess we'll just watch one movie. Yeah. Nowadays, I mean, can you actually picture yourself sitting at the movie theater for two movies? No. Yeah, no way. <laughs> But I can picture myself sitting in my studio watching f- <laughs> five movies in a row while I'm painting. <laughs> that's well. That's the, the one thing. Like with me, like I can't paint worth beans. Oh my god, I'm so horrible at painting. Really? But um, plus, I, I don't think I really have the patience to paint. Because mm-hmm. I plus I think growing up doing animation. I think I've just kind of become more of a linear type of artist where I 
just like drawing characters. Mm-hmm. So it's like 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 this piece I just did recently. Oh wow, that's that's great. So I'm gonna screen grab it. Hold on. Right. Yeah, I love it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I could take this how you see it there, and I could try and do it as a painting bigger, but then I don't know if I would have the patience. I tried that during actually on Lion King. The movie was in such bad shape they gave us six months off. And so I'm like, I'm going to just try and paint and stuff. And I remember trying to do some and I'm like, oh my God, I suck. So what do you do? Do you do, do you do ink and then uh, color them in the computer? Yeah. Here, I'll show you like that one I showed you, I was working on earlier. Mm -hmm. So like this is, um, well, here, I'll show you the sketch first. So basically the other day I did this pencil sketch of him. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe I'll draw a girl. So then I ran out of paper, so I had to keep taping pieces of it together. Uh -huh. <laughs> I just scan it in Photoshop, and um, then I do a pen and ink of it like okay. this. And then I'll do, like, color after that. Yeah, that's great. But here's the, I don't know if you get this question the most from people who admire your stuff, but whenever I'm doing a pen and ink, all I ever hey, what kind of pins are you using? Uh, <laughs> Where, to the point I almost want to get it like tattooed on my head so I don't have to keep answering it because I'm like, ugh. <laughs> but uh, this is basically what I use. I just use a Sharpie to do all the black stuff. And then I use this pen, which I found at Disney Studios. It's like a special pen? Uh, Not really. It was, <laughs> I think it was a medium... Well, it says it's a medium espresso Sanford pen. Uh -huh. I don't even think they make them anymore. Cause, How like, could you be using a pen? Is it the same pen? No, no. no. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I just, like, they had these pens in the in the um, supply room. So I'm like, oh, I'm gonna, maybe we'll try, because I was doing development on Treasure Planet, which, by the way, if you watch Treasure Planet, I don't know if you've ever seen that one. No. There's a character in there named Piggers that they named after me that I designed. Oh, kind excellent. Rat Finky looking. That's cool. But um, yeah, I found these pins in there and I'm like, oh, I'll try and use that. Because before that, I was just doing a tight line with a pencil and just Xeroxing it and coloring it. Uh. But then I'm like, oh, I'll try doing it with a pen because then I could do thick and thin more. Mm -hmm. and, and these didn't smudge very much, although now... I think they're starting to smudge more whenever I use them, but mm. I just kind of like these pins. And so I kept using them and buying them and then they stopped making them. And then I think I found them on eBay, like, but it was like some generic brand. Right. And now I don't even know if the generic brand exists. So I'm like, like, I think I have like five boxes of them <laughs> and I keep busting them open now, but half of them are all dried up. So I'm like, uh... Oh, what am I going to do when they're all done? Yeah. Then I'm, what am I going to, how am I going to do my tied down drawings again? <laughs> so, so, that, so that's kind of, I mean, like, look, here's an old Ed Roth shirt. Oh yeah. But that's kind of how I even started doing toxic tunes. T-shirts was because of him. Yeah. Cause, Cause I started doing car shows and I'm like, I want to do some white t-shirts with just black line work of my monsters on it. Not necessarily driving hot rods, but just stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I just started doing it. 
I used to have a video actually of Ed Roth from his his house up in Utah that he filmed for me personally. He's like, I'm going to take you on a tour of my garage. And he showed me like all his screens. Then he went outside and he's like, look, it's snowing. (laughs) And I can't find this video anymore. I'm like, ah, man, where'd that video go? Oh my God. Sucks. You have to find that. I don't think it even exists anymore. Oh man. But, but, but I saw his wife, Eileen, I think I did Moldy Marvin's Rat Fink show about, well, it was the year I had my heart attack. Because uh, it, it was like a month after that, and I went up to her because Ed Roth had a heart attack. And I was like, just said, oh, thanks for continuing to keep Ed's name alive by doing these shows and selling his work. I'm like, that's really awesome because I was like freaking out when I had my heart attack because I thought, oh, my God. Well, I guess all this stuff's with right but i remember even you like helped me out like remember you told all your fans like oh my friend needs help paying his medical bills oh yeah i forgot about that want to buy a t-shirt from him check out his website and you know what the the weird thing is like for like it's well here i'll tell you when i had my heart attack yeah and the doctor saved my life because I did die on the table for a little while, but I guess I didn't die long enough to like venture off and wow. thing. I remember when it happened though, because I could hear them all panicking and him saying something like, "Just give it to him. He's oh. young. You take it." Oh my god! The weird thing is, he now works in the office with my wife. Like <laughs> he just started his practice over there. But oh, what a trip! Some like a year or two after that like remember when you guys were saying some big giant number and just give it to him i'm like did you guys give me one of those adrenaline shots and he's like no we zapped you back to life and i'm like what i don't remember that but i remember like going out because like when when you're having a heart attack and you're getting surgery done you have to be awake the whole time oh no way really which was kind of actually interesting because they just, he's going up your artery to clean it out, the clog. And my, my heart or the, the black widow valve was a hundred percent clogged. Oh my God. So I'm like, kind of like looking over here at the TV screen because you could actually see him in your artery. Whoa. But weren't you all drugged up? And then, I mean, well, yeah, you're drugged up and you don't feel anything, but, are you co- you're cognizant of what's happening though? Yeah. Huh. So he was like, "You need to sit still. You're moving around too much." <laughs> so I'm like, "Oh, sorry." And right after that, I remember. I think that might have been when he unclogged the the hundred percent clog and put a stent in it. Uh huh. Because all of a sudden I just felt like I was going out like sickly, and I'm like, "Oh, I don't feel good." He's uh. like, "What?" And I just remember. Like the whole time I kept telling myself, if you see yourself from above and you're looking down at your body, get back in your body. (laughs) But none of that ever happened. Like I never saw any light. I never was up out of my body where I could see myself. I just, I think I must've just kind of gone out for a while. And then Mm -hmm. he, he said, I think that's kind of normal. Like when they unclog your artery when it's that clog, because all the, your blood rushes to your heart. Which oh, yeah, yeah. Causes a heart attack. 
So they almost have to like zap you back just to get you back. Wow. But after he saved my life, he was like, and, and meanwhile, the whole reason I didn't even go to the ER to begin with was I was not working for any studios. I had barely any money. And I think we had insurance at the time because I think Obama passed a law back then where you could keep your insurance cheaper mm-hmm. if you were out of work. Okay. But I was freaking out like, oh, man, how much is this going to cost? But the doctor like, so I've just given you a second chance at life now. You need to start eating better and exercise more. And then like the first thing that I thought of was like, damn. I wonder if you should have just let me die. How much is this going to cost? <laughs> I don't have any money. <laughs> and then so the whole time I was freaking out, and that's when you kind of helped put it out there like, oh, my friend needs some money to help pay his bills. Meanwhile, I didn't know what I was going to have to pay. I just knew it wasn't going to be cheap probably. Right. So I ended up getting the bill. And I think because I had motion picture health insurance, they covered almost everything. So I ended up paying, I think, maybe 2500 bucks. Oh, wow. Meanwhile, the bill was 140 grand. Oh, my God. And I think I saw that insurance paid 35 or 30,000. So basically, I think they wrote off like over 100 grand. Oh, my God. So then I, that started getting me even more mad because then I'm thinking, gee, what if I didn't even have insurance? Right. Or they'd be like, here's your $140,000 you yep. have to pay. What? You'll, you'd be ruined for, be like having a yeah. mortgage on a house. Exactly. You'd probably just have to be like, I don't have any money. Yep. Sorry. I don't even know what you would do besides have another heart attack. <laughs> What, what 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 was it like when you had the heart attack? Like when did how did that happen? Where when did it happen? Well, the weird thing is it wasn't like a heart because my friend had a heart attack like two weeks later, or two weeks before me. Okay, same. He had to get two stents, and he said his felt like somebody hit him in the chest with a two by four. Oh, mine didn't feel like that at all. I just felt like I had acid indigestion. So weird. That's why I like. The first night I went to urgent care and I asked the lady, I'm like, if you're having a heart attack, can it feel like acid indigestion? She's like, yeah. So then I'm like, yeah, let's just go home. Like, I didn't even go in and get checked in. Oh, my God. So then the next day, I mean, it kind of felt a little better. The next day I ate lunch and then it came back and I'm like, Ugh, I don't feel good. Let's go back to urgent care. And this is me. Meanwhile, I think it's Memorial Day week or that day. Uh-huh. I think we got to urgent care around 5 or 5.30, and they closed at 6. So they were all, like, getting ready to go to barbecues. (laughs) And all they're doing is bugging me for my $20 copay. Meanwhile, the guy's trying to do EKG after EKG, and he's, like, throwing them in the trash because I – he's like, yeah, I don't know this – I don't know if this is right. And then the doctor came in, and he's like, well, your EKG is a little weird, so maybe you should go to the – the er just to get a double check so i leave there and i go home for the next (laughs) hours thinking oh maybe it's just acid indigestion the guy was throwing all the ekgs in the trash (laughs) 
I'm like, how much is that going to cost if I go to the ER? Right. So I'm sitting at home looking on the computer like heart attack symptoms. And I'm like, well, I'm, I do feel like that. And it says if you go for a walk and you feel winded, you're probably having a heart attack. So I, so I did that. And I'm like, well, I feel kind of winded. So Denise goes to sleep. It's probably around midnight and I take a Tums and that's not helping. I have like a horrible knot in my neck and in my back that won't go away. Oh yeah. I just felt kind of sickly. And so about 2 a.m. I'm laying there in bed, like not wanting to go to sleep. Wow. And kind of freaking out. And I think my cat started smelling me. And uh, wow. I woke, woke her up. I'm like, eh. I think we better go to the ER. Something doesn't seem right. And she was kind of like, can't we just go in the morning? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, I think we better go. Something just doesn't seem right. right. So we went to the ER, which is like right down the street from me. And they do some tests. And I'm just hooked up to the machine and I'm asking the EMT, hey, how's all my stuff look? And he's like, oh, it looks pretty normal. And then the doctor comes around the corner. Well, yep, you're having a heart attack. Oh, and my I, God. I, I, it was a ghost. I'm like, what? <laughs> and he's like, well, we don't do surgeries here. So we're going to have a we're going to admit you. We're going to have an ambulance come pick you up and take you 30 minutes away to this hospital that's out in San Fernando Valley. Mm-hmm. So the EMT shows up and he's looking at my paperwork and he's like putting me in the ambulance. And he's like. Eric Piggers. Hey, are you are you Uncle Piggers? Like, yeah. And he's like, holy shit. We got a celebrity on board. And I'm like, what? And the, the driver's like, huh? Who is he? He's like, oh, it's this guy. He does all this really cool art. I have some of his t-shirts and some of his prints I got at Halloween Town. And I'm like, that's weird. I'm supposed to be in a Haunted Mansion art show this Sunday. I'm like, do you think I'll be able to go? And he's like, yeah, probably. <laughs> So he's like driving us 30 minutes, which I think this actually helped me because I was like so freaked out at this point. I bet. Like, what the hell do they do? And he's like, oh, they go up your artery. And I don't know why, but for some reason, I just thought they go up your penis. (laughs) (laughs) With with this thing. Because like, I don't know if you've ever had one of those tests where they shove a Q-tip up there. I have not, luckily. It's the most painful thing. Uh, That's all I kept thinking. (laughs) Oh, oh, this is going to be horrible. Like a catheter. (laughs) Yeah. So so we're driving down there, and he's kind of talking to me about art, which actually I think helped calm me down. Yeah. And then we get into the, the hospital, and they put me in the emergency room where they're going to do the operation. And they're listening to music. So I'm like, wow, you get to listen to music in here? And they're like, yeah. What do you want to listen to? And I'm like, I don't know, classic rock. So they put on some classic rock. And I remember this, too, because I was like, man, when are they going to play a song I like? (laughs) Like, I just remember laying there like, God, they're not even playing any song that I like. (laughs) This doesn't sound like classic rock. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, so that was... Nine nine years ago, two thousand eleven. Did you did you is did you have heart disease in your family or or cholesterol or was it like genetic or? I think there is a little bit in my family, but mine was mostly due to 
eating shitty and not doing any exercise. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because I remember that's how you – I remember seeing you afterwards. It's like you lost so much weight. Like you must have yeah. really changed your now, lifestyle. Back, it's like I think I weighed like 235 pounds at the time. Mm-hmm. The The lowest I got to was like 185 after that, which was like – I lost a ton of weight. Yeah. I'm, I think, at 215 again, which my cardiologist is like, you need to lose some weight. And I'm like, well, I can't hardly walk. My legs all messed up. Like, it sucks getting old. Yeah, I know. It's like everything hurts. I know. <laughs> it's hard like, to exercise. Like, for a month, I couldn't even sleep very long because my hip hurt so bad. So I was getting tests. And it said, oh, you have bad arthritis. And then I started taking vitamin D like a couple of weeks ago. And now it doesn't hurt as oh, bad, huh. which is weird that vitamin D would help that. But yeah, what a trip. I don't know. Huh. But let's see. What else can we talk about? Well, I, Alba- I, I, <laughs> no, I, I want to know you. You. um I want to know about your 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 business. I mean, when when you were laid up or when you got fired, is that when you were like, okay, I'm going to do the Toxic Tunes oh, to- full time? Yeah. Is this what you is this how you make your living entirely, or do you do freelance gigs at all? Or I don't do freelance gigs at all. I do this for a living, but I barely squeak by. Mm-hmm. For a long time, my dad was helping me out each month because he didn't want me to be out of having health insurance mm-hmm. so he's giving me a little bit of money but he passed away last october so mm. since then i've been like holy shit what am i gonna do and then this all happened with the whole everybody losing their job right which freaked me. but yeah i just basically try to make money off of stickers t-shirts we can't do shows anymore because you probably were gonna do monster palooza again weren't you yeah, yeah. They still so, I, Did you get the refund? Yeah. I didn't get the refund. I'm like, I'm going to say I'm just going to it's money I'm not thinking about. I'm going to save it for next year, so hopefully no. They have it well, next I, year. Or just cuz I was like freaking out like, "Oh my god, I'm already making no money." Yeah. So and I better just ask for that back and hope for the best. So so far it's been actually really good. Right? That's what I was people are at home maybe That's, more i was just talking yeah i was just talking to someone about this i mean this has been i've had more sales this year than ever and it's been during this crazy yeah crisis and i was just talking to to this this guy on facebook he had a thread saying that he he has he's hearing he's like an art uh consultant for artists and galleries and stuff and he was saying he's like he's hearing i've been hearing that artist sales have been up and people all the artists in the in the comments were like yep i'm making i've been making more sales than i ever have before blah 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 and it's like it's so unexpected it's so weird yeah i know it it is weird because i thought like i actually tried to get on unemployment when it all went down and um they denied it because i guess because i'm self-employed technically yeah but i thought they were even letting people that were self-employed get it because of the situation yeah. but but i was like freaking out even more like oh god now what am i gonna do and then my dad's wife 
gave me some money because she was like, well, here, I'll give you a little bit of money to help you out. That's good. And, and then, like, sales started kind of doing better. And then I'm, I mean, I've been trying to push a lot more shirts, too, mm-hmm. the last three months than I normally do. Because usually I would only do, like, two different shirts a month. But now I'm, like, doing six. Wow. So I'm, I'm, like, splitting it up in the month to, like, first two weeks I'll do, like, three designs. And then the last two weeks, I'll do some old designs that I haven't sold in a long time. Because mm-hmm. I just kind of happened onto that, too. And it was about drive-ins, because I had this old drive-in t-shirt. I know, I got one. <laughs> years ago, and it didn't even do good back then. Oh, weird. So it came, up, it came up on my Facebook memories. So I just put it on Facebook, like, hey, how many of you guys have this shirt? And a lot of people were like, you should do that one again. I like that. So I'm like, mm, all right. So I put it out there, and I ended up selling more shirts of that than I did of the, all the other shirts that month. Wow. Which was weird because it's like it didn't even do good when I first did it seven years ago. I know. You can never tell what's going to sell. That's the thing about art. Art is oh, a, it's a strange and it, thing. And it, it gets very uh, – I don't know if you get this way, but I get almost very kind of depressed when I do something I really, really like. And I put it out there for sale, and it doesn't sell. Yeah, it's a bummer. Just, I, what? I, I know. thought this was really good. I've had that happen. Don't really like, and that does really good. And you're like, whatever. You I don't n- get yeah, yeah. You just have to. I. That's what I always say. It's like you gotta, you gotta go with your own impulse, your artistic impulse, and then if it sells, it sells. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You can't try and start second guessing what people are gonna buy because. <laughs> That doesn't work. Exactly. Like <laughs> I did this shirt. Like this was a design I wanted to do uh, like a year ago or two years ago when I drew it. And it kind of was based. I don't know if you could see it. Oh, man. That's that's amazing. So wait, I did. Hold, wait, hold of, it. Hold it there again. I want to uh, screen grab it. That's a great one. Wait, move it down a little bit. Now like lower I can't see the chin. Oh. There you go. Perfect. Thank you. So basically, this is another thing. Like, I love this kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. The shock shock monster, vampire well, girl. Is, look at oh, oh, yeah, yeah. girl was inspired by this. I didn't, like, I see a lot of people out there, like at Monster Palooza and stuff, that just knock that stuff right off. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah and print it and i don't want to do that i rather just kind of be inspired and do like my take on it yeah so i so i drew her like a year ago and i was kind of like uh maybe i'll do this as a shirt and then i didn't do it so then i posted it on instagram like two months ago i think Mm -hmm. and my esteen was like you should do that as a shirt just black ink on a white shirt which is like the death of a t-shirt sale. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, I don't know about that. I mean, I love doing that because personally I like how it looks better because you're seeing the line drawing. Right. Yeah. I Me, mean, you can see the line drawing a lot clearer when it's just the black ink on a white shirt mm-hmm. or even a color. When you do it like where it's like this, like, like the white ink, it's it still looks good on the black, but it's like doesn't have the right. 
I don't know. It's kind of like when you watch an animated cartoon, I think. Like when we would do our cleanup test and you would see it at the dailies, you would see kind of all the artwork that the artist put into it. But once you put it into color in the final film, you're just seeing colors. Right. And you're not seeing like that detail of how much drawing it took to do that drawing. So I don't know. I kind of like how this looks better. Oh, yeah. It's great. But I put that out for sale. And, of course, it didn't do very good. Really? It did okay, but... I'm surprised. It was like... Um, I don't know. Whenever I do a white t-shirt, I always get people saying, Ugh, I can't wear a white shirt. I only can wear black. <laughs> yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, why? <laughs> You wear a white shirt and just wear a black jacket on top of it. Right. <laughs> There's no no law that says you have to only wear a black shirt. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, I, it does look better wearing a black shirt. Yeah, that's <laughs> all I got. I have to admit. <laughs> so that's all you wear too. That's all I ever see you wear. Pretty much is black shirts. Unless it's super hot outside, then I might wear wear a white shirt. But then I don't know. White doesn't show off, or white shows off your not slimness looking. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Black is is more thinning. <laughs> exactly. So, are you? Uh, do you have a place, a go to place to get your shirts done, or are you screen printing them yourself, or what? No, I go to. Well, I was using um, a company out here, but then the guy sold his company off. Mm-hmm. So using a company in Temecula which one of my friends who this artist right here his name's Chris the creep oh cool so he he screen prints there so I've just been using them and just have them ship them to me do they do they have like uh, low minimums uh, yeah I mean I can usually do like dozen or two dozen oh really it just depends if you like the more screens you use than colors, it just gets expensive. I, yeah, that's because the place I was using, they were making me get seventy-two. Oh, they made you? Wow. That's that was the minimum. I mean, it, before they they it, before it was like half that, and I was like, all right, I can do half that. How many colors were you doing? I was like a lot, like. Eight or seven or something. It was, they were, you know, they look like my paintings are not suited to. No. To, to well, be on maybe shirts. that's why they do seventy-two then, because if you only did a dozen shirts, yeah. Because each screen is like I think twenty bucks a screen. So yeah. if you have like seven screens, you're spending like one hundred and forty bucks just in screen costs. Right, right, right. Each time you put that color down, that's a, I think usually a dollar but per the, screen. So the 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 direct the direct to garment printing though is what I've started doing now with threadless. Yeah. Cause it's so much more suited to, you know, the kind of artwork I'm doing, you know? Yeah. How do those turn out though? They're they amazing. Pretty... They're great. That's what, that's the thing is they got in touch with me and they're like, Hey, if, if you do your stuff through us, we'll just, we'll do, we'll set the store up for you and everything. You just send us the images. Yeah. Cause they're trying to get like, I guess name artist or something. And I was like, well, all right, send me some samples. So they sent me like these blankets and <laughs> shirts 
I, they're just like, send us some images and we'll print some stuff out for you. So they sent me blankets and shirts, and it's like the quality was like, last time I checked, the quality was terrible for that direct-to-garment printing. And the stuff they sent me was amazing. It was like, this is excellent. So, like, the technology's finally caught up. So now I've I've got all my – I'm just selling out the rest of my inventory on my screen-printed shirts, and I'm doing everything through Threadless. And I, it's like yeah. I, I don't have to deal with any of it either. You make less <laughs> money per shirt, but – yeah, but I mean, that's a bad thing for me because I kind of rely more on a bigger sale that way. Yeah, and for me personally, I like stuff like this where it's just one color. Oh yeah, two. no, it's great. I love it. I I, I kind of wish I did art. I, my artwork was like that because it's like they they work better for t-shirts. I'm 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 envious of people that have artwork that is simple and graphic. Yeah. You know, because it, it works so well for stickers and shirts, and it's like my stuff just isn't like that. So it's, but you know. yeah. But then you can do a painting and make like off one painting, probably what I, I'd have to sell. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, there's that. But, and I do prints. I'm doing, you know, G clays and, and prints and stuff is where yeah. I make most. And shirts, I never even made that much money. That was the thing. It's yeah. like I, I did them because they were cool. Yeah. Well, I've noticed that about artists too, because, um, <clears throat> Like, I think each artist has something that sells better. Yeah, talked totally. To artists, like, oh, I sell a crap load of prints, but I never sell hardly any T-shirts. Yep. And I'm the type that sells hardly any prints, but I sell a lot of T-shirts. Well, that's like, yeah, my friend Gabe Leonard is a really great painter. He was like, canvas G-clays, man. I, sell, I don't even do paper prints anymore. I just do the wrapped canvas print G-clays those are the way to go. So it's like, okay. And I started doing canvas clays and I was selling nothing. No, I didn't sell hardly any of them. And it was all paper prints and I was selling lots of paper prints, limited, yeah. limited editions and stuff. And then uh, re- more recently I started selling the canvas clays though. Who knows why? Cause of the, you know, COVID and quarantine and all that stuff, but I've been selling a good amount, but in the last, actually in the last couple of years, the canvas prints have done well, but the other thing was I was thinking, you know, I should just do really cheap $20 open edition prints. I could print, yeah. you know, print them easily here. Just do, not not on like super expensive paper, just like Epson enhanced matte paper. And the, and Gabe, the guy who was telling me G Clay's, he's like, "Yeah, I did those and I could never sell them. They never sold." <laughs> and so for years, like 5 years, I was like, "Ah," and it just blew the whole idea off cuz it didn't work for Gabe. Then on a whim, I was like, oh, I'm going to sell these. And I sold so many of these cheap prints. They're like, wow. they're kind of like a, a big part of my income now. Uh, as far it's like a lot of different things I sell that, uh-huh. but, but it's funny. I was just five years of wasted sales because of what wasn't <laughs> working for someone else. But like you said, every artist is different. Totally. Well, yeah. And each artist is different too for just like, like there's some people who can sculpt that maybe can't draw. There's right. some people who can paint that can't maybe do sculpting. Right. Or there's like me, like like I can't paint or shit, and I can't sculpt very good, but I think I'm a good cartoonist. Yeah. Well, yeah. I can't. It's so funny because it's like you know the stuff you do seems simpler, yeah, like line work than what I do. But I I'm like I I can't even figure. It's it's. It sounds like I'm just being like patronizing, but I look at a simple graphic image like that and I think I I I wouldn't even know how to approach that. 
just the yeah. line work and stuff. It's it's totally a different trip. It's not like yeah easy. Maybe it's that, not easier. <laughs> could just be from animation, but you know what? James Hetfield from Metallica actually told me once because I did a T-shirt for those guys and I got to go meet him backstage at the Coliseum. So mm. I was talking to him about T-shirts and he said, "You know why I like your T-shirts? Because if there's a guy." over there 30 feet away i know it's your t-shirt yeah it's true and i've always kind of liked to try to do stuff that's graphic and iconic looking mm-hmm. i think that's really liked ed roth and his rat fink character because it's like so iconic right but a lot of times when i do a shirt i try to do something or do a drawing i try to draw something that feels kind of iconic or easy to read i guess mm-hmm. i don't know oh yeah and I tell when I have it, like if I do a drawing and I'm like, eh, I don't, this doesn't seem like it's right. Do a drawing and I'm like, oh my God, I love this. And then it doesn't sell. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny that one of my favorite shirts I have of yours is the one that says poison on it. It's got like, uh, it's got... Is that the one that's got like five feet. It's what? Does he have like five feet? the guy i know or is it a... it's it's just i think it's like a skull with a with crossbones and it says poison mm. and maybe like is it the one with the mickey mouse ears oh maybe and it says poison every time i go oh, out poison on it but it's what it's like yeah. it's like that and it says poison and i'm always <laughs> i always worry it's like i hope people don't think it's the band poison Oh yeah. <laughs> I wear my shirt. Like one lady said her and her kid were wearing their shirts and they were at at school. And I think it was like a religious school and they told them to leave. Oh my god. <laughs> Cuz I don't know what shirt she was wearing on mine, but like <laughs> I mean most of them aren't offensive. No. Like the only probably offensive is the Frankenstein where he's flipping you off, but I did it so it's like his finger was broken off. Oh right, right, right. Oh, I'm like telling like one lady's like, well, I can't buy that for my son because he's flipping you off. I'm like, no, he's doing the peace sign, but his finger got ripped off. <laughs> oh, OK. Now I could buy it. <laughs> no, but his I... hand's this way, so it's more like he's going piss off. Yeah, so right. Like... <laughs> the English finger. Yeah. That's hilarious. But but it is funny. Um, like mostly I hear people always saying, oh, people love your shirts. Like whenever I wear it, they ask where the, where you got it but it's i, I kind of like hearing more stories where they say oh i got thrown out of this schoolyard because of your shirts yeah that is great i'm like well can't you get it on video screaming so it's on tv like <laughs> go to toxic tunes <laughs> i you know i know we had this discussion um behind the scenes i know a while back you were we were talking about sales were were rough for you and you, I don't know, you yeah. seem kind of depressed and, <laughs> and I, and I was thinking, and I was talking to you about marketing, I think, and I think I was talking to you about marketing and you know, there is no reason you should be a millionaire. I've told, <laughs> no, 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 no. Listen, listen, hear me out. Hear me out. I've even thought that too. I'm totally serious. There's, there's like, just because you have this brand that everybody loves it. It's like people don't, aren't indifferent to your shirts. Everybody I know, I mean, you go to Monster Plus and it's like horror movie shirts and Eric Pigger shirts. 
It's like you're kind of like the official shirt for that scene. And, you know, it's it's like I, I, I feel like if if you had like some kind of marketing person working for you, you you could be you'd be a millionaire for sure. Yeah, I actually who was I talking to that about? I think I was talking to Slash about that because I was like and I think he even said something like, yeah, some people who just are do shitty art are huge. Some people who do good stuff just never get there it's because the sh- it's because the people who do the shitty art know how to do the marketing is what it is and a lot of people are always like saying to me like oh you do such good marketing but i'm like well oh, i don't know it's <laughs> like i don't i really don't understand social media because like especially like instagram you got like so many people that follow you but nobody ever sees your posts yeah, there's a whole there's a whole uh, t- uh, method to doing it. You, it's like you have to post a certain way and a certain yeah. amount. I I just did a, a podcast episode, like two episodes. I'll send you a link where okay. where this guy who's an expert at it basically tells you if you want if you want people to see your work, you have to post a certain way, and it's like these are the steps you have to follow. And if you do that, you'll not only get more followers, you're 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 your uh, images will come up in people's feed more often. So it's like they, you know, this is this algorithm that rewards people that behave a certain way to, to, and make their, their stuff seen. Pay for it. That's, that's, I don't even know if you pay for it if they see it. That, yeah, that, that's not necessarily true. I've heard it works for some artists, but this guy, he's, he runs a creep machine. I don't know Uh if you know creep machine. They're like a old cool, dark art blog from way back when, and he's got a creep machine Instagram. He got 300,000 followers organically without paying for any ads just because he knows how to basically work in that system and how to post. 300,000. That's a lot. Well, I remember doing shirts with an old T-shirt guy. And um, it was one of those bad months. Like one of the designs just did not sell. I think I sold like 13. Mm-hmm. And I turned in my order and he's like, 13? That's <laughs> really? He's like, maybe you should think about doing something else. Like, <laughs> he's like, you're telling me there's not like one person in each state in America can't even buy your T-shirt? And I really even thought that at the time. Like, I'm like, what the fuck? 13? <laughs> like, seriously? I mass email this many people and I have this many followers? I'm like, I don't get this. Yeah. There's a but, whole is i've been doing t-shirts for 20 years now so i think some people just run their course like they get like 13 shirts and then they move on they're like well or like me where it's like i my i I don't have any more room for your shirts and i still (laughs) bought those two and it's like i don't know where i'm gonna put them i gotta get rid of some other shirts so it's like there there is a shelf life i suppose in a way um but that's still you've got You've got other merchandise. You get stickers. You've got it's just it's more about your the graphic quality of your work and and this brand that you have. You know, it's like I, I just I feel like you need, you know, me giving my stupid advice, but I it's like I feel like you need a uh, like a like a marketing business person to just take what you do and and make me rich. Make you rich because it's like everything is there. I can just see it. And I thought this was years ago. I was telling you this. It's like 
And I think other people know this too. And pro- people probably think you're richer than oh, yeah. you are, you know? I think the majority of people do think that. I think most people think because I don't have a job and I just do this solely and I'm having fun doing this, mm-hmm. like what they see I'm doing, I think most people just think, wow, that guy must sell a lot of stuff. Right. But the reality of it is I don't really know too many artists that – I mean, I don't talk to a lot of artists, but <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine most of them are like just rolling around in money. No, yeah. But the thing, the thing is – And I've never felt – personally, I've always felt like as long as I get by each month and pay my bills, right. I get to do what I do, I'm happy. But, I mean, it would be nice to kind of – make more money at it just so you're not constantly worried <laughs> or constantly working too and you're able yeah. to take a little time off if you feel tired or whatever you know yeah like it just gets to the point where you're exhausting yourself and you're exhausting i think the people who because i i have a lot of people who buy from me regularly every month mm-hmm. like whatever i put out that's cool and, uh, I mean, it's not a huge group of people, but it's enough that kind of support what I do to help me get by each month, which I greatly appreciate. But it does kind of make you wonder, like, well, okay, I've got 49,000 followers on Instagram, and I usually sell to about 100 people. Right. Like, what the hell? Where's, where'd all these other people go? Right. Yeah, I know. Well, that that comes down to that's like me. I got I got 120,000 followers on Instagram. And I get at the most I'll get on an average I'll get uh 1500 like likes on an image, yeah. which is great, right? Yeah. I'm not complaining. But out of 120,000, that's nothing. That's like a tiny little yeah. fraction. Hundred, unless I put a hot girl wearing my clothes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've also got that angle for marketing yourself. It's like you, you. Well, the weird thing about that is, like, if you see a lot of those girls that are wearing them, like they're getting like thousands of likes on their own page. Right. But if they wear my item on their page, I usually don't see any sales from it. Yeah. Really. Hmm. No, I think it's more like. People just like, I don't know what it is. I think people like clicking on pictures of cute girls. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they like clicking on drawings of Frank. <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> Weirdos like, like us do. Well, the weird thing is when I worked at Disney Studios, I never drew girls ever. Like I didn't draw girls for the longest time because they're, pretty hard to draw yeah i know yeah yeah and i feel I, the same way so i would always kind of do these collaborations with my friends where they would draw the girl and i would draw a monster and then one day i'm finally was like eh, i'm gonna try and draw a girl kind of like a girl i like like so i just kind of took vampira and lily and mm-hmm. got girls and tried to draw a girl i'm like oh that looks pretty good and then i kept doing it and it seems like that's what a lot of people like most about what i do like huh. they're all girls you draw right yeah i could see that like why don't you draw like my frankenstein <laughs> yeah i mean that's a i like personally i like the um the freak 
yeah, the monsters and the the weird shit, like the weird, like I said, those twin guys, and you've got like little <laughs> short characters, like the little kids, and 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 all the little details, like like I said, the poison bottles or the, uh... yeah, <laughs> it's awesome, or the you know the switch in the background, the electric switch, all that, all those little details for me, it's just like, it's all. I don't know. Like I said, you 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 hit all the buttons for me. Um, yeah, I just well the other thing too is I think when I started getting back into Halloween and monster masks, which by the way, I don't. Well, you know I have monster. Yeah, masks your masks are so cool. Most of them are almost sold out now. But last year at Universal Studios, out in California, they had um this thing called the toxic tunnel uh-huh. which was like this tunnel from one area to another but they had like these monsters that were wearing like kind of hot rod type clothing like that would work in the pit crew mm-hmm. and they were wearing masks and they were wearing um some of the other ones too from uh trick-or-treat studios but it was so weird just you should be getting a cut there that's like a licensing thing, kind of. I, I didn't even get free tickets. Yeah. Well, I did. The owner, the, the owner of Trick or Treat gave me like front, <laughs> front, front of the line thing, which was awesome. But it was just, it was so weird, like walking through there and seeing that and kind of thinking, man, I never thought when I was a kid, like, I'm going to have monster masks. Right. I'm going to draw. Yeah, no. But, started doing monster masks it was just kind of this weird happy coincidence it happened yeah yeah they're they're great too because the masks look just like your drawings yeah they're so cool you sculpted them no you probably worked with some of them like um bruce spaulding oh yeah yeah he's great he did one of them and Justin Mabry did a few of them, mm-hmm. and Aaron Lewis did two of them. That ended up both of the ones he did got knocked off by other companies. Oh man, which was funny because the first one, some company took the mask head, shrunk it down, and put it on a zombie body, and they were selling it at the dollar stores in the Midwest. Oh my god! At Halloween, so it's like. Like, he, I remember you sent me a photo of it, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. And I didn't even really look at it. And he's like, no, look at the head. <laughs> I, what the? What the hell? But I think I ended up making more money from it being knocked off. Oh, really? <laughs> and then another company knocked off another mask, and it was like, what's up with these dumb Halloween? Halloween, they, they're, like, they rip, knock, knock people off all the time. Yeah. But like, it's just because it's like, hello, you're knocking off a Halloween company. Don't you think they're going to see it? Yeah, they don't give a shit because they know they won't get busted for it. It's yeah. like the, the Scream mask, you know, the Scream mask in the movie Scream. Uh, that was designed for uh, by a, a guy I worked with named Lauren Githens back in the day. Norman was good friends with, with Lauren, uh-huh. um, Norman Cabrera. We were we had a mask company for Tony Gardner. We started called the Ghost Factory, and um, he made these uh, ghost. They were called Ghost Maker kits, and he they were like they were his idea. And there were these. Basically, it was the scream mask, 
And you, right. and the idea was you took a sheet and you cut a sheet out and you glued it to this vacuform face. And, uh, uh, and the, then whatever company made that mask that you see everywhere, ripped them off and then scream used it. And this, and the, and the Tony never went after him, but he totally could have sued the shit out of him. Probably made millions of dollars. Wow. That sucks. Holy sucks. Speaking of ghosts and things that suck. <laughs> <laughs> check this one out okay so i'm sure this will bring back fond memories but remember when you're a kid and you're thumbing through the comic books and you had all that awesome stuff you could buy for a dollar oh yeah i have a book so, of that stuff yeah this book yeah <laughs> that's the book you're gonna show me <laughs> well, i'm gonna show you this one page okay when i was a kid i well, my friend's dad, he worked at Disney Studios. He worked for WED, and he actually worked on the Haunted Mansion ride. Oh, wow. But um, I remember we sold our Hot Wheels at his house to kids in the neighborhood so we could make a dollar to buy this dancing ghost. Oh, I remember the dancing ghost. <laughs> so it's this Yeah. Stupid... So basically, all you got was this. Wait, 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 and wait. It... Pull... Yeah, yeah. Go go, go back, back a little bit. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I had one. I remember it. I remember getting it and all it was was a stupid balloon, a white <laughs> white plastic bag and a thing that said something like fill bag with helium. Tie string to balloon. And now your ghost will dance. Yeah. And I was like, "What?" <laughs> it's just like the set giant 7-foot Frankenstein you order and it's just like a wall, you know. Oh, I think I poster. have that. I'm gonna show you that too. Well, I have, I have this. Oh yeah, that's the Jack, Jack Davis. But I bought like a reprint of this other one that was like, I think it was on eBay or somewhere. But it's this one. Oh yeah. Wait, hold on. I gotta get a picture of that one. Yeah, that's great. I love it. it takes me back. So I got inspired from the Jack Davis one. And I wanted to make a poster, so I did this one, which is three foot tall. Ah, that's awesome. Because when I went to Staples, I'm like, how big can you print paper? They're like, oh, like three feet. So I'm like, eh, I guess that's a good size. <laughs> that's great. I have one that's bigger. I'll show you the bigger one because my friend in the UK works for like a, he does, um, shit, what does he do? He does like, uh, machinery type stuff where you draw it all out, but mm -hmm. they have a so he did one that's six feet tall. Yeah, that's great. You're not selling those, huh? The big one, no, because he 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 did it over in the UK, just like without the boss knowing. Oh right. Here's all my orders waiting to be filled. <laughs> Wait, I got. I want to get a picture of this on my kitchen table. Oh man, this is like my life. This is where I put them every month, and this table never gets used for nothing but my stupid orders. Yeah, our we ha our dining room is where I do casting and uh, a resin casting, and then in front of a fireplace, there's a table set up <laughs> where all the packing is done. Yeah, that's where I do it right there. Yeah, on the ground. That's so funny. Wow. This was going to be the cover of my history of my art book that was going to come out a few years ago, uh -huh. which I pretty much put together. It's all laid out, and then it fell through. But uh -huh. I had like 
Ash wrote the intro. Bill Mosley wrote the outro. I had Marv Newland write a piece. Danny Antonucci um, had the director who I worked with on Little Mermaid wrote something. Wow. Why did it fall through? Um, well, the company I was going to do it with, they just kind of were like, well, can't find anybody who wants to put up money. and You don't want to do it through Kickstarter. But I was kind of like, well, if I'm going to do it through Kickstarter and I already put the book together myself, why do I even need you? Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, for about, you know, you could get it done for like 10 grand, I think. If you got well, a, my book, here, I'll show a, you the book. I you got a print. printed one of them at Color Images just to have one. Mm -hmm. So it's, I think it's 225 pages, hardcover, but this is how, maybe I'll take out the, like I have all these things laying all over my house. Like if I die, <laughs> here's what you have to do. <laughs> so basically this book is, I don't know if that's, yeah hardcover that's great it, i laid it all out myself because i was basically laying it out for this girl who was going to professionally lay it out but oh wow so it's just kind of like i did it kind of to show her what i wanted but now that i did it i kind of it's fine like how it looks. <laughs> yeah it looks great it's just kind of starts at the beginning of my life and goes through Disney. Well, you could do you could kickstart it or you could do a Patreon. Yeah. You got you should start that's the other thing well, I was going to say is you should start a Patreon page, man. Well, I was looking at yours and I was kind of like, I don't like it just seems like it's so hard to get people at the time to pay even to buy stuff, so I'm like, I don't know if people are going to want to pay me any money to look at my stuff. If you have like behind the scenes and pictures and uh, you know the people the thing that people don't realize about patreon is that if you have fans they will want to pay like yeah. a lot of people are you know they they pay because they want to support it they don't even really care that about seeing the stuff yeah there's like a whole element of people that just want to help you and support you because they love well, your work like why don't they just buy some stuff because then they actually get stuff well they do that too they're just like yeah you know, they, they, they do both. But yeah, this book, I think it's been done now for like a year and a half or two years. It might have been done. Remember when I talked to you at Monster Palooza about that ministry t-shirt? Mm -hmm. I think it was either done by then or maybe the year before. Wow. And it's been sitting around all this time because I just kind of got so like bummed out over the whole thing falling through. I mean, the good thing is it it made me actually do a book. Yeah. But you, history. If you can, if you can come up with, like I said, 10 grand, you can, you can get it printed in China for that like, size, like a thousand, a thousand books for 225 pages. I don't know. Some, I mean, something around, okay. 10, 10 to 15, say I've done books before. Like my first few books I did through China back, um, in the day, like, do you know Mitch O'Connell? Mm. I think he might be at that same company year through. Thread, uh, what's it called? Threadless? Yeah, I think they do a lot of those masks, right? 
I don't think they. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They just started doing them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he might be there, but he's the one that kind of told me about this company in China that he did his book. Uh-huh. That was back in 1999 when I was still at Disney. So I just used one of my bonus checks. And I think it cost me like 18 grand to do that first soft cover book to do like two books. Yeah, 2000. And then it got to the point where my garage was like so full of books. That's how mine is. I've got a. And nobody buying anymore so i was giving them away like this is the dumbest thing i have ever done <laughs> but like four years ago i'm like buy any three t-shirts you get all three of my books for free right <laughs> and then I got down to buy any two t-shirts and then i'm like what did i do that for now i don't even have any books left. <laughs> and i see them on sale for like on ebay or amazon and i'm like ugh bitch that somebody who got them for free right yeah i know i did that i did that where i did a a, a thing just like a, a thing i was doing for a while to bring in some money which it brought uh-huh. in some money but uh i was doing 50 dollar drawings you know which is cheap for it was it yeah. was it was a good deal they're like you probably could sell them for like 150 bucks or even more maybe so but i was just doing it because it's it's like you know for that price everybody's gonna want one it's an original. And so I got a ton of orders, right? And I made a bunch of money, but they took me, it was it was like 300, 300 drawings or something. It took me like six months to get through them all. It was like, okay, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> and that was, and, and you got, and, got it with the book? It, no, it was just a drawing for 50 bucks, you know? Oh. And so, it, 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 and now they're like, there's tons of them on eBay. For like oh, wow. 300 bucks, 150 bucks, people are posting them. But most people kept them. Well, the weird thing, too, about this book that I I kind of, I don't know. I Like, I go to the swap meet every Sunday, and I hang out at my friend's record booth, and I'll sell my stickers and some patches. And I'm just kind of like, I wonder if a lot of people don't collect stuff. I mean, I know there's people who collect stuff like i collect cds or records or art books or art or comics but i don't know if the new generation of people do that it almost seems like they don't want to be bothered having stuff yeah i don't know like like they rather just have it all on their computer i it's it's really who you're selling to you know because for i i found that it's like for me it's it's 60 or 70% men, 30% yeah. women, and it's ages 35 to 45, at least for my... Or that's my people too, I think. Yeah, that's my analytics on my Instagram, um, and it yeah. seems like it for my orders too. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that too, because like... Like I'll offer the same design on girls and guys shirts, and and I sell a lot more guys shirts than I do girls shirts. That's why I rarely keep girls shirts even in stock because I'm just like I'm not gonna spend extra money I don't have and make shirts that I hope I sell. Well, yeah, when I first started doing shirts, screen printing short, getting screen printed shirts, I got women's shirts also, and they didn't sell for shit back then. Like I didn't have any female followers back then i guess but now with threadless it's like each design has all these different options for styles of shirt and 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 women's and men's and kids and everything so it's like 
you know. But but it's a different. I have on there. Huh? How many items do you have on that site? Oh God, I don't know. I'll send you a link. It's a lot. <laughs> I mean, and that's that's only. I just don't have time to deal with it at all, and they're setting it up for me. So yeah. it's it's like whatever. So you... When I have time to just. What's what was that? So you just send them your image and then let them kind of show you what they think would look good. Yeah, yeah. So it's really it's a great deal for me. I can't couldn't really yeah. pass it up. No. So do they ever do stuff that you're like, eh, I don't know about that? Yeah, yeah, a couple times. Most of the time, they they nail it the first time, but every once in a while, there's one that's like, yeah, that I don't think that looks good, and then they go back again. But um, um, and then how much do you usually get? Like, is it like ten percent? No, it's like it depends on how you price it. You can it depends on uh, they have a base yeah. a base cost for everything. Yeah, I think I had a. What page did I do that? Like, I'll show you what I made through this one place. I actually use them for banners for my art show. Oh yeah, Monster Palooza, but they do um these uh, shower curtains. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> here's here's a shower curtain I made. Let me see. Wait, I want to get that. That's wait, great. The toilet lid. <laughs> okay, wait. Here, I'll I'll hide the toilet. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah, that's so cool. So I, I did some banners actually like this that I bring to Monster Palooza now just because it's it's not that expensive and this material lays really good on the um on the back of the curtains there. Yeah, that's cool. That's great. But I forgot what company is that? Shit. Cause they do like tote bags too, like I did these tote bags there too because they do um is it online yeah is it red so, red bubble maybe no like i did this one and it's like double-sided too which is awesome Oh, that's great yeah like but then it i think i sell them for like 25 bucks and then you only make like a couple dollars yeah you have to kind of you know maybe make them a little more pricier or the other thing is you have to just sell a lot of stuff like I know a guy that worked with at Redbubble, and um, he was saying oh, Society One. Oh, so, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I remember that place, Society One or Society yeah. or Society, Society Six. Six. Society yeah. Six, yeah. It's the same. It got, well, it got to the point where I was like, I don't want to start directing people over there where I'm not making hardly any money. Yeah, directing from my website. Right. So then I just stopped even. Like, it's still there, but I just don't really promote it ever. Right. Yeah, I did that with Cafe Press. Cafe Press was, like, one of the first ones. I had lunch boxes. I had everything. But I, I never I never made any money on that, and it's still yeah. up. Cafe Press is, like, the MySpace. Yeah, <laughs> the MySpace of print-on-demand. But uh, I know a guy that worked at Redbubble. He said there's people making hundred grand a year uh, wow. on shirt designs, and it's mostly, like, Shirts that have slogans and stuff on them. Uh, where it's just words. Yeah. But I know that's the other thing. I, I kind of wonder if that's the thing nowadays. People rather wear a word on their shirt than somebody's artwork. Yeah, not me. I think it's it's more <laughs> it's it's more of your finding your audience yeah. that likes your work and then marketing to them. But yeah. 
Well, shit, man, we're we're up to we're almost at two hours, so I'm not gonna <laughs> keep you any longer. <laughs> well, I don't care. We could always you can always edit it, right? Yeah, but oh, I, here, I you want to see my I, first monster mask that actually was ever made? Sure. Do you know Mark Mark Villalobos? Yeah. So he made this mask. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> That's, I, I remember was gonna... I showed John Post Jr. this because he, he, he wanted to have me come over there to talk to him. And I was like, holy shit, that's cool. Maybe they're going to do masks of my stuff. But he, he was kind of more like, oh, maybe you can design some weaponry for us. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> well, I was... But I showed him that and he was like, eh, I don't know. That looks pretty complicated. Yeah, well, it's Don Post. But then I think I think they just did those Rob Zombie ones at this time too, and I don't know if those were good sellers. Oh right, yeah. Oh. Well, I was gonna say, if you get a mask, if you do another mask, try and get me to sculpt it. I'll I'll do it for cheap, just to just to sculpt one of your masks. I think it'd be great. Well, you could probably talk. I could talk to Justin because, although I don't know if they were gonna do any more masks like the rubber kind like my first frankenstein mask this one it sold out like a lot of my masks sold out last year mm. and uh, so this was the first one yeah that's Re- that one i love that one <laughs> the teeth it's and, awesome so that one was made 10 years ago wow when trick-or-treat first started so i asked chris the owner i'm like hey what do you think of doing like a 10-year anniversary but doing green yeah. So they're doing a, a green version of them this year. So, oh, cool. Which is nice because I think I'm hardly down to like maybe three or four designs that were left. Who did this? I love these. Oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you know what's weird, though? When I was a kid, I never – I only had one monster mask, and it was this skeleton mask from Top Stone, I think. Oh, yeah, Top Stone. Yeah. I had a, I had a bunch of those. I used it in my first haunted house I ever did, and it was like so um, cool. Like when I started getting back into like masks, like check this one out. So I bought this one last year. I found it. It's pretty generic. Kind of looks a little bit like it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. when I smell it, oh my god, it smells just like that. First mask I ever bought. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that old mask smell. I'm like, holy crap. Like, none of the other masks I buy smell like that. It smells almost like a, like, kind of a powdery gum smell almost type yeah. of smell. But, um. I know the smell you're talking about. It takes me back. It's like a certain yeah. kind of latex or something. Oh, check out this mask I bought from Justin, where I traded him for a bunch of stuff. Can you see that? Yeah, that's cool. That's a nice one. That guards all my Halloween records. Yeah. All these all these are just Halloween records. Wow. Most that's of them cool. I ripples of because like whenever I see them at the swap meet, I'll just buy them. Yeah. Even, I, usually a dollar. Yeah, I would do that in a heartbeat if, if I was at swap meets. I'd be getting and those. The record I ever had was the Haunted Mansion record. Oh yeah. And so like, I like telling this story, but most people have heard it. 
So when I was, I think I was like probably 10 or 11 when I got it. And my friend, like I was saying, my friend's dad worked at WED. Uh-huh. So he came over to my house one day to walk to school. And I'm like, wait, I want to show you what I got last night. I think I listened to it once. And I ran out and I flung my arm up to show him. I'm like, look, <laughs> I got the Haunted Mansion record. And the record flew out of the record sleeve and broke into pieces on the ground. <laughs> That's so sad. I'm like, what? <laughs> I asked my mom if she'd buy another one. She's like, nope. <laughs> so now I think I have like about six of them. Yeah, right. That's usually the one you always see anyways. <laughs> yeah. Like a swap meet for a dollar. That's hilarious. But it's amazing how many, like, like I've been listening to a lot of that stuff when I draw, like just the music from back then, the Halloween stuff, like how good it is. Cause most people only know the monster mash. Right. Yeah. No, but there's like so many songs from back then that you don't even know about that are as good or better than the monster mash. Yeah. That period of time is just like, so I don't know, even Halloween. I think that's why a lot of people like my stuff is cause I, really love halloween so much yeah like i always tell denise i'm like if i die i'm gonna be haunting my mom's neighborhood on halloween <laughs> i'll just go trick-or-treating forever I, yeah i totally that'll I ha- probably be my purgatory i won't go to hell and i won't go to heaven i'll just go to purgatory and roam the earth on halloween <laughs> that doesn't sound too bad that sounds like heaven to me <laughs> sounds better <laughs> All right, what what's your what what's your Instagram? Uh, just toxic tunes. And uh, what and your website same? Yeah, just toxictunes.com. Cool. Do you want my MySpace? Do you still have a MySpace? <laughs> I think so. I do too. I think I don't know I how never... to get rid of it. I don't know the password anymore. I think I think I went to look for it once, and it looks like. Wait, I want to see what it even looks like now. I bring it up. <laughs> Because at one point I'm like, whoa, it's still on there, but it looked like so different. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they I'm changed it. Like, does MySpace even really exist anymore as a company? I, it kind of, I don't know. I don't know. Because I put a bunch it of my music up there. Take it down. And it's like, it doesn't work anymore. All the, my songs that are up there. So. It says Eric Piggers. Oh, here's, Wow. That's pretty ugly looking MySpace. Yeah, I think it's defunct or something. Wait, maybe if I click on my name. Wonder how many people I have. Oh, look at the top eight people. Ghastly. Oh, wait, Ormond Grimsby. <laughs> Why is Bill Mosley under Netherworld Haunted House? Yeah, Psycho. <laughs> yeah, I don't even see, like, wow, where'd everything go? Okay, well, we're at the two. Wait, we're at the more story. Okay, we're at the two-hour mark, so I have to stop. But go ahead, one last story. Okay, so, I don't want to edit it because I hate hearing my own voice. When I was a kid, at Christmas, you know the Christmas story movie, the kid wanted a BB gun. Mm-hmm. So I always wanted this thing called this. Here, I'll show you the motorized monster maker. Do you uh-huh. remember that? I don't remember that. Well, I saw it at Christmas, around Christmas, and I told my mom, I want this for a toy. And 
so I ended up getting the strange change machine instead. <laughs> and I was like so bummed forever because I'm like, man, did that toy ever even exist? I know I saw a commercial and I would look on YouTube and I never found it. I finally found it on MySpace. Some guy had a page with that image. I'm like, what the hell? That exists? And so I started talking to him. He sent me this. He made one and he gave me it. Holy shit. That's amazing. Oh, man, that totally takes me. You know, I must have had that. I must have I had that. that too, huh? Wow. Do you remember Plop? No. That was kind of like a lot of the mad people, like Sergio Aragones did yeah, a lot of Yeah, yeah. And Wally Wood. Yep. I'm sure you remember this guy. Oh, yeah. Reach from Creature Features. Yep. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Here's another one of my masks. Yeah, that's that a good hair. one, too. Basil, here's my nice Disney badge. And some, <laughs> of my, some of my pins I got for work. Oh, here, I'll show you the best thing I got for working there. This is an audio This is an audio podcast, Eric. <laughs> People can't well, see know, this but stuff. You can just see it. Oh, here's my bronze Mickey statue I got for I mean, I'm TV. doing my best to take screen grabs of all this stuff, but wow. Yeah, so basically this... Here, I'll put the Haunted Mansion poster in the background. Nice. So I got laid off probably, I think it was 14 years, 11 months. So I was like, man, I want my 15-year statue. I'm sure I did a, at least a month's worth of overtime over 14 years. Right. So I asked them. And I remember my boss at the time was like, what do you want that for? I'm like, what? Are you kidding? <laughs> That's cool. And plus, well, I'm never going to work anywhere for 15 years. Yeah, right. So they mailed it to me in the mail, like after I was laid off. Oh, wow. Which I was kind of shocked. Yeah. Then That's... I used to have nightmares for about two years <laughs> where I was lost, roaming the streets, looking for my house. Oh, my God. That's... And I know it had something to do with just feeling. Oh, totally. I mean, even the, like you asked earlier about starting Toxic Tunes. But when Disney ended and I was like, well, I got a lot of money saved up. I'm just going to pursue Toxic Tunes now. But at the time, I was like shitting my pants because I'm like, what am I going to do for a living now? Right. Dude, he was like just becoming the leper of the industry. Like, I'll, here's a quick story at Warner <laughs> Brothers. <laughs> Warner Brothers. This is a good story, though. And this shows you the stupidity of humanity. Okay. Or suits, as <laughs> I call them. And yep. we call them. So anyways, we're working at Warner Brothers on Back in Action in the bank building. And we're almost done. And so they're going to rent out our space in the building to somebody else. So these suits come by to look at our space. And they're like, amazed oh my god you guys still draw these things we're like yeah <laughs> and they're like i thought computers do this and they're like well they're starting to but this is a all hand-drawn film so anyways these suits are going down the elevator and my friend who's in the same room with me his wife was in the elevator going down with them but they didn't know who she was so they're all talking to each other they're like Man, they really should get rid of all those artists and replace them with computers. Are you serious? Yeah. What a bunch of fucking idiots. Yep. 
assholes. That is that is the st- stupidity of humanity right there. The weird thing about that is you kind of it makes you wonder why people think that way. Like why would you look at somebody who has a talent? Right. If you do something like what we do and think that you should get rid of that person and have a computer do it. Yeah, it's because they don't have the talent and they're just envious and they're probably so fucked up and yeah. so living in this weird fucking... Greedy world of make as much money as you can yeah. with nobody. Yeah. But then they didn't realize, well, you still got to have an artist sit there and work the computer. Yeah, they're, and they're, and that's the other thing is they're, they're so stupid they think a computer just does it. That's like... <laughs> yeah. That's, like, computer, make my film. That's, okay. that's the stupidity of humanity right there, you, you called it. Yep. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> that's a good place to end, too, the stupidity of humanity. <laughs> yeah. Could be a Twilight Zone. Oh, oh, God. Well, now that brings up one last quick question <laughs> that ties it all together. My wife is going to kill me if you keep me on much longer. Make it quick. I will. So Bill Croyer, the guy who gave me my start in animation, when I was doing that Ratfink stuff, he came in my room and he said, hey, play around with some shapes because we want to do a 2D and a CG animated short to try to get it in Annecy. So I did some designs. I came up with this character that looks like a pencil neck geek because I always liked that song from Dr. Demento. Oh, yeah. And they ended up using it, and they made a 2D CG film where the CG characters slowly started coming in and taking these Tex Avery wolves that were drawn by hands jobs. They were like secretaries. And one by one, the computer character took the job of the 2D wolf till it was just a CG character and a wolf fighting for the job at the very end. Oh, wow. And it kind of ends with the wolf like tapping the the CG character down a hole. But even my dad said this to me when we got laid off. He's like, you know what? And it got nominated for an Oscar. Oh, really? This was like back in 1987. Uh-huh. My dad was like, you know what? It's kind of weird. Your whole career is kind of like just happened to you like what happened in that short you helped design. <laughs> <laughs> you thought... <laughs> the demise of your division just like in that cartoon yeah wow that's interesting yep wow that is not as fun as leaving it with the stupidity of humanity yeah but <laughs> they kind of go together yeah it's it's the stupidity of humanity in another in another way <laughs> all right that's it Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you, man. It was great. (laughs) Great. We hardly ever get to talk this much. We always just see each other at conventions, and it's like, hey, what's going on? And talking on Facebook and stuff. So, And it's weird because this year was a very weird situation because, well, first of all, when COVID was about to hit or it was starting to hit, like each year I like to go visit my friend who still works at Disney. He's like one of the only last people that lasted there. So I like to go visit him because I love going to the old animation building that Walt Disney built in 1940 for the artists mm-hmm. and just walk there and looking at it. And so I'm like, man, I better try and go to lunch with him. Cause I have a feeling shit's going to hit the fan soon. So he, 
it worked out perfect like that Friday. He's like, oh, yeah, come over. We'll have lunch. And it's actually my 30-year anniversary of being here. So I got to go over there, have lunch, and walk around the building. Then the next week, shit hit the fan and everything closed down. Oh, my God. So, yeah, I talked to – like every now and then I'll do live feeds on Instagram. And one of my friends who works for Disney still, he does visual development. I started talking to him through my live feed. And I'm like, are you guys still doing features? He's like, yep, we're just doing it at home now. I'm like, wow, that's freaking weird. Yeah, well, it's... There's no way they could have done that with 2D. That wouldn't have worked. Yeah, yeah, no way. But they can now with digital, and they're probably going to continue. They should continue to let people work from home. That's how I'd want to do it. Yeah, I I know. It's it's weird. Part of me likes going to a job sometimes because... Sometimes it does get kind of stir crazy just being at home all the time. Yeah, it's hard to be disciplined too and and make yourself work certain hours. I end up working way more. Yeah. You know. But then it sucks that commute going to uh, Disney pretty hard. Yeah, that was that was one of the reasons I had to get out of the industry. I couldn't deal with the commute anymore. One of the many reasons, but that's for another time. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for coming on. Oh, are we still on? <laughs> yes, I'm trying to end it. Oh, I thought you, you keep talking. <laughs> I thought we were just at that part where you're like, okay. No, I haven't said goodbye yet. <laughs> oh. Oops. Hope I didn't show my underwear. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming on. It was great to talk to you. I love your yeah. work. I'm a huge fan. Everybody should go and buy your stuff. I think you should be a millionaire. The millionaire Chet wants me to be. I want you to be a millionaire. I I want it. I'm be a millionaire. Do... <laughs> I want all artists to be millionaires. Yes, I know. But you don't get me started. All right. Um, <laughs> okay. If you want to join our Dark Art Society Patreon, it's Patreon.com/slash/DarkArtSociety, and uh, you can join for just a dollar a month. So that's it. It was great talking to you. I appreciate you taking the time, and. Say goodbye to everybody. This was not Eric Biggers. It was a robot Eric Biggers. He has been destroyed. (laughs) This is the non-human Biggers. Thank you. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye, bye.